Hello, 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 and welcome to another amazing episode of Joy Has Questions. I'm your host, obviously, Joy, here with the questions, also here with some answers. As we are sitting here exhaling, just trying to mentally prep, rub our temples, get ready for another week where we are killing it, doing amazing things, dodging microaggressions, and staying out of jail for those microaggressions. So hopping right into it, um, I have the amazing, the lovely, the talented. If you have a brand and want to do something with it and don't have Daniel Mitchell in your camp, I really don't know what you're doing in your life other than failing. Um, but yeah, so she is going to be my co-host slash interviewee for the day. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Joy. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming, love. <laughs> and just ugh, cannot wait for this episode. Um, I jumping right into it with you better know. I don't even know how I found this. Mm-hmm. Truly. Because sometimes the internet be lying. And Instagram, too. They'd be like, oh, Lucretia Wells, and it's like this picture from like 1832, the first black woman to say, I wish a nigga would. And I'm like, now you know that's a lie. Yeah. But I found out that potato chips were invented by a black man. Amazing. Cannot make this up. I basically, my mind was blown. So basically, George Speck, who basically also was called George Crumb, he was born in 1824, died in 1914. He was a Chef also served as a hunter, a guide, and a cook in the Adrian Dack Mountains, and he became renowned for his culinary skills at the Moon Lake House on Saratoga Lake in Saratoga, New York. So I, first off, number one, he was a rarity because he was born free. Mm -hmm. 1824, we definitely were still slaves. That's a good, what, 40 years before the Civil War even popped off, but he had that opportunity to be born free. Um, And then on top of it, to work in one of the most prominent lake houses, restaurants in the area as a black man. Now, we know they weren't serving black people, but I think that was an accomplishment in himself, the fact that he was able to make a living and do something that he was really well at. The story, though, of how he tripped up into making the first batch of lays is the fact that a customer had the nerve. These pit- <laughs> these fries are too thick. So he was like, "All right, Becky," and he went back there. He's like, "I got some for that ass," and he made potato chips. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we already know what happened. Um, the New York Tribune ran a feature article on Crumbs, the famous eating house on Saratoga, um, but they didn't mention anything about the potato chips. Funny, of course not. Of course not. No, like just like with Jack Daniels, it's mm-hmm. a slave that made Jack Daniels, yep. y'all. Amazingly. And he didn't get the, the fact that we can only say a slave because we don't know what his name was. But and his we know, family's not getting compensated, which is more importantly. Can we also talk about Aunt Jemima? No, we're going to stick to George because okay. we can do this all day. Uncle Ben ain't seen a dime. His line is still out here looking like 1862. I'm like, there's so many. Henrietta Lacks, her sales still being duplicated. <sighs> Let me tell you something. I worked on a, no. Because I signed a confidential. The point is, people <laughs> out here benefiting on so much black shit and not getting true compensation. It's ridiculous. But he made it basically on accident. He chipped off a piece of the potato and basically it fell into the fat. And he was like, ooh, that looked tasty. And it was. Um, basically, the history of him was super simple. And I know that might be like, oh, well... He didn't have an, a, a crazy dope accomplishment. That is a dope accomplishment. Potato chips are consumed in every corner of this planet. Mm-hmm. Even when you think about all these industries, Lay's, Jay's Potato Chips, Doritos, whatever. Mm-hmm. These are billion dollar corporations. Yep. Part of the snack industry, the food industry. Like 
And the thing is, nothing pours back into our community. We give so much, and there's some things like the, even napkins we touch sometimes, we don't even realize our power. So that's why I was just like, shout out to Uncle George. Yes. Um, and the fact that he made a snack that has derailed many a diet, but it wasn't his fault. I just need more self-control. But shout out to him. <laughs> Because he is out here making us proud, and I hope that we are doing right by him. So, yes, potato chips, blackness, let's go. I feel like I'm going to eat them now with more pride. Like, I wish a bitch would tell me. Seriously. I mean, there's a saying that the only thing that white people created was the patent. <laughs> Say that <laughs> for the people in the back, please. Because <laughs> all they do is create ways to say I had it first. And you didn't. Or, or, well, we came up with the finalized version. White people steal from each other. Tesla's still turning around (laughs) in his grave. Like, I should have never lit this world up. Fuck (laughs) y'all. But no, so moving right along into, so according to IG, I don't even know where to start. There's a person by the name of Robert Kelly. Last time I saw him, he was cruising around the high school in his Bentley tricycle (laughs) looking for kids to snatch. And, um... I knew then that he was trash and we should leave him alone. But, you know, black people sometimes, we have a thing where we will support just to support. I felt like he was the Chicago OJ. We know Mm -hmm. OJ did it. We've been known that shit, right? (laughs) But because of all the injustices, we were willing to, well, at least one got away. Right. So when R. Kelly burst onto the scene and he was singing in like, you know, what was it? The subway system. And everyone's like, oh my God, I wish too. Can I braid my hair? You know, and all mm-hmm, this other shit. Mm-hmm. I was over kind of our community when I saw the reaction to his first sex tape. Right. <laughs> because I was just like, you do understand that you supporting him. This wasn't a fact of like, oh, the video was blurry. Right. The witness just recanted her test or refused to testify. No one ever questioned that it was him. Not also, not even a comment on the freaks who, like, got the tape. I'm like, so y'all okay with seeing this grown-ass man take down a 10-year-old or however old this girl mm-hmm, was? Like, mm-hmm. that also is a conversation you need to have with Christ and his deep condition, Bob, when the time comes. Because I don't know what the fuck was wrong with y'all. Right. But in looking at now in recent events, his publicist, his personal assistant, and his lawyer... Everybody jumps up. ...have... <laughs> done a swive dive off the Titanic of his career. <laughs> and my thing is for you, like you are a branding, a media professional. Mm-hmm. Where do you draw the line in terms of like client confidentiality and just the fact like we've been on this nigga was crazy and nasty. Well, I mean, it's client confidentiality. They probably signed an NDA. So unless it's brawn to the court, they probably can't say anything, which is why all they said was effectively this day we are no longer working. Um, you know, tell laws and things like that that normally comes from messy daddies <laughs> and messy friends, people that Matthew don't know exactly, or even Tristan Thompson's daddy is trying to do a tell law book. You know, it's always those that don't sign the NDA. So, as a client, you know, you just decide when enough is enough. So, for those people, who knows? Because it looked like they've been working with them for a long time. So, I don't know if it's this is the last straw that broke the camel's back or if he's doing any something more who knows because now we heard that there was like a new girl you know it's something new all the time so we never know with R. Kelly but I think that just the way we're going as far as women's right and how we look at women is totally different than how we looked at them maybe 10 20 years ago I remember the boondocks episode and I was like well, mm-hmm. this better be like remember how Tom just knew he was like 
they're totally gonna convict him. And then he got his good singing and dancing ass, and everybody was like, fuck that, it's R. Kelly. Right. And he was way more famous. Also, You see how, like, his fame is kind of, like, well, he Trump stopped performing. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, if you notice, like, he's never won, like, a lifetime achievement anything. No. They won't give that to him because they know that he's messed up. But people really did brush that Aaliyah marriage under the table like it was nothing. You we know? knew <laughs> then. Like, let's keep it real. Aaliyah was, like, a smooth Chinese blood cut bang, like, high mm-hmm. school photo. Mm-hmm. Oh, And everybody was just like, it ain't that bad. He was late 20s then so i think the thing is he's gotten older but his age of women hasn't and it's like if you wanted to you know sleep with a high schooler you should have slept with a high schooler person in high school not only that you missed your chance boo you missed your beat let me keep it real that was something that was to me quietly kept because i went to kenwood the funny thing was i started i transferred from peyton to kenwood right Mm -hmm. and this was right after like maybe a year or a couple years after like it had happened Mm -hmm. i'm trying to think when did but the point is i had my friends who because kenwood also was a has a preppy program which means like you start in like seventh grade it's like middle school through high school got it i have friends that were preppies that were like girl he used to always show up in this raggedy ass bentley and just be like talking to the girls and all this other stuff like and i'm just like this wasn't hidden like no he had a mansion in the south suburbs so he would play basketball at the like park districts exactly. where younger kids go because who's who's going to be there watching the younger boys the younger girls it just it <laughs> amazes me how our community we oh we have to protect the black man i'm all for protecting the black man when right? he needs protecting when he needs when his ass needs protecting, I don't give a fuck who you are. Don't make me get my Cat Williams voice on. I don't care how good you can mm-hmm. sing and dance, okay? Especially not the expense of the black woman. I think that we need protection against the other, those that have systematically came and don't want him. But we have not systematically came against our men. Right. We support to no avail, actually, to where it's unhealthy. We support to the point where we will give them our frontal, our vagina, <laughs> our sanity. We out here just like, no, we love you. And they're like... That's great. No. And I'm just like, well, goddamn. So I definitely look like I am not blinded in my support of blackness even that if I see some wrong shit, I'm not going to call it out. And Robert Kelly can go fucking fry. Like... And it's different with the entertainer, right? When it's an entertainer and we are getting pleasure from what they're doing, we tend to separate the person and the individual, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's just kind of what happens. He is a lyrical genius. He is very talented. And so people will continue to step in the name of love. They're like, well, we know he ain't good, but that's still my jam. Like, what am I going to do now when it's Stop time Stop giving him a streaming credit. That's you know? what you're going to do. And people don't understand or don't care. I don't know. I'm mad as hell that I can't out here, be out here <laughs> listening to the So Sexy remix with Twister without a guilty conscience. That was my jam. Like, yeah. And so everybody has an R. Kelly thing. But they, you know, it's like, well, he's continuously. Like, now it's been, like, generations. He's generationally kind of trained. He looked like Mojo Jojo from the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, my Girls. God. Like, don't <laughs> make you just uncomfortable. I'm like, sir, that is a lot of leather. Like, I understand the weather is out here having a full angry baby mama moment. But let's keep it real. You look like you about to have a heat stroke. Mm-hmm. And we know you in your 50s. Like, is your cholesterol okay? I just, I can't with that man. Oh, he's disgusting. But I think that's just a big thing. We've got to get better with that. Yeah. Um, next moving right along. Um, I'm just going to preface this by saying I grew up poor. I own it. 
it's it's just the fact like I was definitely in a household that at times saw food stamps, not that cute little EBT card, the stamps, like pull off stamps. Um, there were clothes at times that I had to wear. So when I did get a little bit of coin, a little bit of fashion, you know, since I started dressing accordingly, Kanye out here is about to take everybody back to the swaparama Foreman Mills childhood that we grew up with. And mm-hmm. I just want to know why. Have you seen this new collection? I have. And I'm not sure what Kanye is doing mentally. <laughs> Falling apart. So I'm not really... I, I mean, that... But I mean, his style is not really my style anyway. So I just don't even look at it. I'm more of a Rihanna. Even Fashion Nova. Like, shout out to them. Like, they are showing... Their jeans are comfortable. They are comfortable. It's facts. And and inexpensive and cute and trendy. And I don't know what Kanye's doing. I basically, I think the funny thing is. I think we're not his target. And that's okay. But you know what? I find what, he was a one hit wonder. He was. Um, what was that nigga wearing? He was like all all cognac, all gold. Trinidad James. Yes, to think about. I was like, who? <laughs> who was it? But there was a line that he said where he was just like, "Hype beast, we know about you. Won't buy shoes unless they popular." I feel like that transfers over into the Kanye aesthetic. Yeah, like I see so many people, and it's true. This whole athleisure has taken a life on its own. And I will say, there are moments where I'm like, okay, I like those. Or track pants paired with that, you know, turtleneck. That is cute. I wouldn't have thought to wear that. But I see so many people, like, they look like clones. To the point that even when he was revealing, like, his last collection and he had all these girls dressing like Kim Kardashian in, like, different Yeezy pieces. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this everybody explore page on Instagram now. But see, he been systematically dressing her. Since they got together. You know, like their baby only weared black and white for a long time. Right. So he been doing, he been testing the waters with her. So I think that's what he is. She's, he's her muse. If it sells, it does good likes, then it's going to go in the collection. If it doesn't do well, boom. Kanye, I love it. It's, oh my God, it's just (laughs) a babe. And I just be sitting there like, my God, I've never wanted someone to get struck with mute (laughs) by God. And they're going to, I think they're going to last though. Like off topic. I think they both like, love each other and love themselves equally, right? I think Kanye loves Kanye as much as Kanye loves Kanye, and Kim loves Kim more than anybody else as well. They truly are. And I think the thing is, kind of like on the R. Kelly thing, Chicagoans especially, we keep holding on to the feeling of what it felt like being on Lakeshore Drive when all falls down, Mm -hmm. you know, when college Mm -hmm. drive, when he showed up at Kenwood with a backpack on, and, you know, when he was eating Harold's by Soho. Mm -hmm. We, We keep remembering that, Kanye. Let me step up to the mic. <clears throat> He's gone. <laughs> like, he ain't coming back. Right. This new Kanye with these, you know, platinum balayage ass highlights in his hair. Mm-hmm. This is who he is. He's Kanye Kardashian. And my thing is this. Like, even when I was looking at the Capsule Collection, I was kind of like, is he really just pulling from every poor kid that ever, like, had to wear mixed match shit? I was just like, this, this don't even look attractive at all. Like, the slides looked... I'm like, I had Chinese slippers from the beauty supply store that were cuter. There's no way in Everybody hell. did. Everybody did. I had every color. Me Green. Too. The black ones were universal. With the flowers. Girl, Man. that was my jam. Those were the best. <laughs> and it was... And the honey gloss. Had to get that in honey. And everybody I'm, had that. I'm looking at everybody now with it. And I'm just like, this isn't cute. I think it more so bespeaks to the generation. And just like, if it's popular, then everybody want to hop on and do it. But see, I don't know if it's... So, one... 
when the old Kanye is gone, he's never coming back. I, I hate people say, I want the old Kanye back. Well, he ain't coming back. He don't want the old Kanye. But I think that we growing up in like the Chicagoland area or growing up in like what is the black community in the 90s, 2000s, other people didn't experience that. And True. so I think that what was old to us, we're like, why are you doing this? He's putting on a higher brand, putting a premium pack label on it, and now people are selling it because black culture has always been lit. But we're like, we've been there, done that for one ninety nine. I will continue <laughs> to do that for one ninety nine because I'm going to tell you right now, we all remember them little bright-ass jackets, those little girls that, like, our mom, it had, like, a picture or clouds or a sun on. We all got that picture somewhere tucked away where we got them fucked-up barrettes in our hair, that bright-ass coat, and, mm-hmm. like, a scarf wrapped around our neck looking like a colorful-ass Michelin man. And my thing is this. If that's where you're taking us back, Kanye, you a black-ass life. You think I'm about to spend hundreds or thousands mm-hmm. or try and figure out what promoter I got to like cozy up to so I can maybe get the wristband to even pay for it right. and wherever you dropping this shit off at you have lost what is left to your mind I'm not doing it right because I will take my happy ass to Foreman Mills and get several jackets that look the same as your shit mm-hmm. for a smooth $25.99 and then get some of low days outside from the corn man I'm not doing that exactly I mean I think that's the, that's what it is like our his target is not you no more. It's Kim's target. Oh, and when you look at it like that, it makes sense. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Boom. You ain't talking to me. I just really be questioning. Because I saw, like, in general, he separated from his friends. Like, him and Shay or more commonly known as Rhymefest. They ain't really been vibing. I don't know if he still talks to, like, any of the other Chicago people. But clearly, like, he is happy being in those smooth Calabasas Hills. He was smiling when Steve Harvey said that he was the best um, co-host on Family Feud, and he was smiling and just happy, so. Steve Harvey makes my eye twitch. (laughs) He really does. Like, if there's anybody that I'm like is the physical embodiment of Samuel L. Jack from Django Unchained, it is Steve Harvey. And he looks like a Mr. Potato Head. Don't he, though? He does. But I must say, the real G in that family is Marjorie. Because when you can get your man to get you, like, like she wears nothing but couture. Like, her page, the lady wears couture. It's not a lie. Because she be in shit showing up in, like, 75000 I'm like, sir, you better keep your seven jobs. Because if you think she going to rock with your ass, if you don't, <laughs> your mustache ain't that well manicured. Ooh. She going to be out. Um, but yeah, that's the first thing. I guess like rolling right into the the second Kanye moment really quickly. Did you see the tweets of of? I couldn't miss it. It was trending. Which was the one for you that just was like, okay, bitch, I'm out the game now. My thing is this: when you overall hype someone saying that I agree with all, that's always a problem mm-hmm. because Kanye, you've been gone for a year off Twitter, off social media. So you don't know what she didn't say it. And Wait, I mean, who are you talking about? The Crystal jo- or, mm-hmm. Okay. He's like, I agree with all everything she said, pretty much. Like an overall swoop here, support. And it's like, do you really? First off, I don't trust nobody who doesn't understand the power of coconut oil. So even <laughs> looking at her, I was like, how your face moisturized, but your edge is dry? Like, that's a concerning thing. Because you know, like, when we moisturize mm-hmm. our face, we get everything. Like, we kind of go into the hairline. Which is why you need coconut oil, because it don't matter if it touches your face or your hair. Yeah. She looked like she ain't had a conversation with her edges in many a moon. Right. And I don't think she around the type of people that's going to be like, so girl... 
this frontal's looking a little raised. What's going on here? Right. So outside of that, I don't trust her. I just don't like people that don't have actionable solutions and just complain. Well, I don't want people to have Section 8 anymore or healthcare. I think it's holding us back as a black community. Okay, well, what do you suppose? What do you do? I... Okay, so let's back up so people aren't just like, what the hell are y'all talking about? So over the weekend, Kanye broke his Twitter silence and started putting out all these cryptic tweets. The one thing that he did, the only thing that he said that I agreed with was when he was just like, you know, do what you love when the love flows. That's when you'll be happy or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And I do agree with Mm -hmm. that, you know. So kudos to you. You said something that we know but people don't usually do it Mm -hmm. i'll give him that Mm -hmm. but then there's a young lady that he um supports or he she's a right alt right um commentator for fox but she basically is on fox she's like the new stephen fed she's tommy loren for black people that's the best way to put her Mm -hmm. um i think the biggest thing that i just can't stand is how she goes in so hard on celebrities, right? Especially black celebrities whenever they were talking about Kaepernick or, you know, things that are close to our heart. But then she turned around and was over the moon giddy, like squealing that Kanye West like endorsed her. Then she was retweeting them and just like, oh, I would love to sit down with you and have a meeting. So I'm like, first off, you look like, even though it's fucked up rhetoric, you now coming off to me looking like, okay, I'm just doing this for the popularity or the sensationalism of it, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know it's going to get me likes. Like, she comes off like, bad publicity, still publicity. Yep. But then on top of it, for Kanye to say he agrees with, like you said, with everything that she said. I'm like, you didn't went from saying, even a bench, you still a nigga in the coop. You didn't went from walking with Jesus to walking with Vidal Sassen. To George Bush does not like black people. Right. And I'm just like, how do you go from there to now completely turning and doing like a one, not a 360, because that means you would be right back there, but doing a complete 180. Mm Mm-hmm. It's mind boggling. And then it's just like, in the same breath, even when he made the statement of, Oh, um, you should, we should just be happy with ideas getting out there. You know, it doesn't matter about the credit. I'm like, first off, that ain't no, like that goes against everything in the sense of intellectual property is, it's worth It's your value. That's how you make money. Weren't you just complaining and begging for money? Exactly. I can't feed my family. I'm out here trying to make Yeezy slides and people ain't taking me serious. I'm like. We also remember that iconic rant you went on when you won the Grammy. It was like, everybody was like, how's Kanye going to act if you don't win the Grammy? I guess we'll never know. Shut the fuck up. Like, Or even you went and took Taylor Swift mic when Beyonce didn't win. But what matters if the idea is just, uh, why do you even care, right? Not only that, but didn't you not pay the dude that wrote uh, all day? (laughs) Now, that shit was funny. He talking about commodity and the, the songwriter uh, was like subtweeting him was like, "Well, nigga, spread some of them dollars around because I still ain't got my check for this gold status uh, mm. track that I did." Mm. So I'm just like, "Okay, so you talking about some? If you keep it for yourself, it's capitalism. If you share it, it's community. Well, let's be a part of the community, sis. Cause right. run me my check. Right. That's the thing. Like, I think he just talks to hear himself talk. I think he feels like he's more deep." Than what, than, he, what he really is. than what he really is. And then at the end of the day, I think Obama said it best. What an idiot. Yeah. Or I think, you know, somebody said Kanye only tweet or talk to us when he want to sell something. True. And that's, that's exactly what he's doing. He's He knew that if he said something kind of off, 
that he would get responses. People would talk to him. Oh, side note, her raggedy ass name is Candace Owens. Sorry. Okay. Crystal Candace, kerosene, whatever. Like, <laughs> she ain't coming to the cookout in no time soon. We questioning her potato salad just like Karen's. Like, it's whatever. Um, but yeah, and even when she made the statement, like, black men getting shot by police isn't about racism. I hate when people say that. I hate when people say, this is not a race issue, this is a human issue. But right, It's a human issue that affects the black race so, segment of humans. Right. Like, what do you mean? Okay. And does that make the solution any better? Exactly. So fine. If you take race out of it, for whatever reason, why are you okay with victimizing and dehumanizing this segment of humanity? And I just have a question. If anybody's listening that is of the Caucasian descent. Probably what did we? People. What did we do to you? Why do you? What happened? We didn't enslave you. Like, what is the deal? I really need to know. I think just like I would love to do research on this actually, and that's actually a good point. So there's research. I think John Hopkins or some scientific research that just came out that says we hold in our DNA aspects of postpartum, of trauma from even like our slave mm-hmm. ancestors. Yeah. And I would like to. I truly want to know what is held in the DNA. Of white pe or of whiteness, seriously. Because at times and now, let me for the four white people that maybe have stumbled onto this podcast because I don't think it's too many of y'all listening to me. But there's a difference I feel between whiteness and white people, and what I mean by that is such whiteness to me is that false constraint which entitled or which um encompasses the entitlement that white people have um which encompasses like the privileges that they are provided right because Mm -hmm. your whiteness protects you okay if i'm looking at white people i'm like you can be an ally if you want but i definitely know when it comes down to it you will skirt back to the whiteness which is like your armor Right. So I have a problem with whiteness. Now, if you're, I kiki it with my white coworkers all the time. I'm about to go to a Cubs game with them this week. Like, I have no problem with that. But when it comes to the group, the collective, whiteness is a fucking issue. Yeah. If it was a matter of whatever the majority group was that was holding back or keeping other marginalized groups at bay, I don't care if it was the Hispanic community, whoever was on top, I would have the same problem with. Yeah. You know, it just happens to be whiteness. Um, but when I think about it, it must, I know for a fact, in their soul, and their spirit, you can't deny history, even when it's your history. Like, you all don't want to talk about it, but it still is your history. Even if you don't want to talk about it. So, like, even the Starbucks. So, like, my presence bothers you, but you used to enslave me. You got, you have a head start. Exactly. Like, we not trying to re-enslave y'all for tick for talk. We're not trying to even... This debate that we should, we're not even trying to take your land or take get our 40 acres in the move. We're just trying to move on. And, and, and that's the problem. And, it, and, and I'm it, like, what? That doesn't make sense to me. What is the problem? I think the problem is just like they don't want to face themselves. Because mm. if you strip away everything, there's not a marginalized group on the face of this earth that has not been done wrong under the constraints of whiteness, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, we and nothing all worse have, than black people. Exactly. And we all have the fucked up story. I don't know. Wherever you go. And I'm not about to turn this into, well, black people have it. We all have a story now in terms of the levels of it. Some of us have gotten it way worse than others because I'm like, over time, depending on your ethnicity, you can merge yourself into whiteness, right? Yeah. Like Irish people are not treated the same as they were in the 1700s. Right. You know, y'all ain't the niggas no more. Right. Um, 
But for me, when I look at it, I think it's the inadequacy because you would have to sit there and really unpack the fact of like, you can't call me lazy. You all built a whole economy off of having other people do work for you. Hello. And mind you, didn't even, like, we weren't even your first choice. It's just all the Native Americans kept dying from the diseases that they were susceptible to because y'all asses gave it to them. So I'm just like, there's a book that's called Guns, Germs, and Glory. Yeah. Fucking not basically like at every step, it's kind of been like y'all have had an opportunity just to do the right thing, but and you don't, and you don't, and then you sit here and you understand your privilege, but you don't want to acknowledge it, right. and you want to make it seem like everyone else is just being so mean and cry these white tears. Right. Um. Moving on into white tears, I can't believe. Well, you know what? I'm not gonna bring up that aspect. If anyone doesn't know her, she is has the book I'm judging you she's a super popular uh influencer she actually signed on to Shondaland so now her book is becoming a comedy series I believe or some sort of tv Mm -hmm. show um every time you see her you know she got a cute little fade hanging with like her other influencer woke black friends she wrote she's really famous a blogger also she started off blogging but she wrote this article earlier in the week about um the weaponization of white women's tears which is true, if you think about it. Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't read the article, but what I did see when I instantly looked at the title, or even when I looked at like the little description that Levy had for it, I found it really interesting that she was mentioning the fact of how no matter what happens in an argument, a situation, whatever, if a white woman cries, oh, the world comes to an end. There are tissues and oh my God, and how could you make her feel this way? And it can be a white woman that actually started the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, But as soon as she falls apart, the true victim can't even get vilified, right? Mm -hmm. And that was the whole point of the article. It's it's basically like, even if you say something, she gets appeased, she gets pacified, pampered. And the same, literally, this white influencer by the name of Nicole Arbor, she... (sighs) She looked like one of Roseanne's daughters. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no other way to put that. She just looked like she stepped off the set on ABC and was like, I'm here. Ain't nothing special about the chick. But she basically literally responded to Love. He's like, oh, my God. So white women can't even cry? Is that what you're saying? You're being so racist. And I'm like, what the fuck do y'all be listening? Like, do you hear? Did you read? And and truly, like, the first thing Love said was like, well, clearly you didn't read what the fuck I said. Then she hashtag Oprah cries and it's beautiful. I was done. I was like, bitch, what? I just wanted to know your opinion in the sense of, number one, she she found the right one because Lovey definitely was was going in on her ass as Lovey's known to do. But then also all her friends started going in on her. The girl deleted her comments and lied and said Lovey did it. And Lovey was like, "Mm, actually, you deleted the comments. And then her other followers were just like, girl, the internet is forever. We got the timestamps. You deleted that shit, not her. Right. So now she's sitting here looking quiet and looking stupid. But what, when it comes to that situation and just like white people or the whiteness hearing what they want to hear or Mm -hmm. we can't cry. Like, what would be your response? I got my response. But what would be your response to, like, just the stupidity of that? So, for me, it's like, one, black women were being vulnerable and talking about how they were wrongly treated in the workplace. And you took it a time to make it about you. And that is ultimately what the issue is. You're talking about crying and, well, we can't cry. And it's like, well, one, crying at work is not appropriate. 
Number two, you're not even listening to the fact that these all these stories, they were the victim and still got either fired, demoted, reprimanded, something bad happened. And so what I saw on Twitter was when Julie Black gathered up GM Baker on national television. And so she's saying, historically, we're talking about this. We're talking about facts. We're talking about all this type of stuff. And she says, wait, I feel like you're attacking me. And she was like, did I say your name? Did I physically say your name? Like, I'm talking about you? And she's like, well, I feel that this. And it's like, one, I'm talking about facts that cannot be disputed. But because you don't like what I'm saying, now all of a sudden you're putting that you're the victim. I'm talking about facts that your people are doing to my people, and now you're being attacked. And that's exactly what she did. That's what a lot of people do. Hidden figures. Like, we, they were dealing with that white woman holding the gatekeeper, not promoting, just giving them all types of hoops and stuff to for them to get to, to the type of job that they needed, that they deserved. Exactly. And all these years later, it's still the same thing. I think the thing is, and this is one thing from Lovey's page that she said from the article, white people will never have to deal with the fact that their skin is considered a weapon, but they use their skin as ammunition by using all the privileges that come with it to terrorize the world. Boom. I don't care if you don't like how that sounds. That is truly the truth. Right. And white women, they want to like rely on, oh, it's white men. It's No, it's white. I'm sorry. It's you. White, you don't get a pass. Let's not forget that the whole catalyst behind, and I'm just using her as the one example of someone admitted to it, right? But the catalyst behind Emmett Till being lynched. Yes. Speak on it. When her raggedy pork rind eaten ass was feeling the flames of hell that was about to lap her up now she getting a little nervous because the emphysema is about to take her raggedy ass out and she felt the need now to confess that he never whistled at her which even when i thought about that because i I had a conversation with my cousin earlier i was just like so what would prompt you to knowing you know what a type of accusation that will have where you are, how your virtue, the, you know, we have to preserve the virginity of the white woman. I'm like, you know what type of accusation that would have on a grown-ass man? What would prompt you to lie on a child? Like, a child that literally walked into a store with his cousin. That's like me rolling up in, like, Judah Brothers or whatever little corner store to get, like, a Chico stick, and I don't make it home. And all, I'm just standing there, they like... That on another level to me is sick. Like, what reason? Right. You not only did not protect a child, but you let his killers live their whole life You slept untouched. side by side. And how many Christmases and Thanksgivings and whatever Your did you have? Your whole life. How many black men and women or just people of color in general are dead based on the word, the lie, the accusation, the, the, the mere inference, not even the nonverbals? Yes. Or, or basically the threat against a white woman. So it's just or like... just because I want to. I'm going to take you out because I want to. You ain't done nothing to me, but that's just what I want to do. You know how many lynching stories I read that in actuality it was based on the fact that the man didn't want to get with her? Didn't want to get with her or a man didn't get the right money that he was owed and he said something back. Exactly. Things like that. Well, he was uppity. Uppity means death. And so I'm just like, if you're looking at the history, you can't sit here and deny your own as well. If you always want to throw up our, you know, the poverty rates and all this other crap, then fine, girl. I'm going to sit here and read you for filth, too, because right. you have to own it. And, and I don't we're get- talking about poverty rate. Majority of y'all, y'all, y'all take up the most on this Section 8 anyway. Like, we are actually moving and grooving. I was about to say, so black women account for the majority of the degrees being earned in 
Hello, year over year over year. Y'all don't want to talk about that, but you want me to sit here and hand you what Kleenex, so you can, bitch. I ain't, I'm not even handing you sandpaper. Like you get nothing from me. Right. You want to be able to cry. I'm done. Like we're we're have, we're we're graduating with more degrees, but we're still fighting a wage inequality battle. And let's against keep it real. you. No one gives a fuck about my tears. How many times have I looked to the world? If I had to go internal, or at least amongst my tribe of Black women, to you know feel support and comfort because I know I'm not gonna get that at a Me Too march. That's why I'm not a white feminist. I'm a womanist. I'm not a feminist. Period. Because feminist movement is for white women. When they put Barbara Bush, thank you. I'm like, oh, so that, that's mostly for white women because she was not for people of the darker hue. But can we also comment on how cute, like, how, what is Michelle doing with her hair? I'm like, girl, you have been using these, like, little keratin treatments. Or Melania smiling at the funeral. Trump is over here. His toupee is spinning itself like a compass because he knows his goose is about to get fucking cooked like i think it's also crazy that we finally possibly about to get him on a stripper char- or whatever like mm-hmm. a, it took a prostitute a mispayment make her tax-free for the year thank you for your service well, you and- know donald trump is he filed an extension <laughs> I can't. We're not. I'm not no. doing it because okay. he just makes my soul hurt. Like if there's and, and then the scary part is I'm like, I don't. Can we please understand how government works? I don't want Donald Trump impeached. I know this sounds crazy. Because the thing Pence is, if you can't get rid of the entire fucking cabinet, then I would rather deal with Trump's stupidity. Because the problem is Pence is actually a politician and crazy. Exactly. That's a, that's a whole nother level. You talk about. I like Trump and, and Prower. You know, now that it's all been, I like it. Um, I think it's definitely a chickens have come home to roost. I think yes, there's been very exactly. telltale signs like getting that raggedy ass anthem saying by Fergie, you deserved it. Um, having him basically about to take away all your health care for all the COPD Kentuckians. And I'm just like, hmm, maybe you shouldn't have voted for him. Yeah. But he was going to get rid of the Mexicans because they were the problem. Have fun trying to afford an albuterol treatment, let, sis. Let it come. Let it come. This is what it, this is what happens. You got this is this was your punishment to us because we had Obama in office. Right. Well, then let it let it play. But we weren't stupid enough to punish ourselves in the process. No, like, let it play. We let were, it roll out. One, we it's entertaining. I, you never know what you're going to get. Every time you turn the TV, it's like, what happened next? I will say this. He has really made me step up my faith. It's like for the first time, I've, I've truly been like, well, you know what, Jesus, I'm just going to live my life because clearly he going to take us out or something. If it happens, it happens. But I overall, I just, I look at the whole situation and I'm just like, you just have to keep moving in your own lane. But at the same time, like I have no problem being um, cohesive yeah. with everyone, but I'm like, I have no, no problem also in voicing the fact I'm not here for your bullshit and you going to claim the shit that you have done. Well, one, I like my races overt. So that's what's happened. I love that. Two, I love the fact that so many people are now trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to make my extra stream of income? You know, like, I, I love it. People are thinking seriously, okay, well, how do I get to the next level? Exactly. Because these jobs may stay in the country, may not. They may give me health care. They may Girl, not. Girl, I'm trying to decide if I want to stay in the country. I'm just I mean, like, people say all that, but it's like, I'm, 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 we built this, so I'm, I'm good. I'm homegrown, baby. Like, I know my plantation. So, right. <laughs> okay. I, I literally can find it with Ancestry DNA. Thank you. So, <laughs> the Withers Plantation, South Carolina. That's really not something to be throwing up like a game. <laughs> Let me <laughs> I literally was like, South Carolina. Like, Norway, Louisiana. Right, and I'm okay. just like, 
I know my ancestors haven't just went like, bitch, have you lost your mind? <laughs> sorry. Sorry, ancestors. Sorry, Grandpa Samuel. <laughs> like, I didn't. I'm not saying that out of joy. <laughs> okay. But, but I mean, it's part of our history. And it's like, okay, because of that, like, literally. But so many people are like, okay, I'm ready to do this. This is the time. This is the year. Like, we, black people, we need to have been getting on our stuff. So if that's what it took, fine. Just do it. Yes. It's like, I'm here for it. I so. am so here. You can come to Average Black Girl and I will take care of you. <laughs> Alrighty, so that wraps up. So according to IG, moving right along into it with this slight pause from my sponsor. So finally, summer is kind of around the corner. Spring, I guess, is still having an angry baby mama mom, but we are going to keep it moving. Grits and Biscuits is coming up on Friday, and I know everybody's going to be pre-gaming, and getting their life. So always remember to drink responsibly, but have a good time with Kavassia BSOP. And now let's get back to Joy Has Questions. So, spotlight is on you, girl. I am super excited to have you here. Um, Just a little background. Me and Danielle met through a mutual friend. Love her to death. Shout out to Dominique. Hi, boo. Um, And I instantly looked at Danielle. I was like, man, this girl got a bomb-ass work ethic. Like, she out here got clients and driving cute cars and out here, (laughs) like, with you know, actual scheduling systems like a professional should have so you can keep all your meetings on track because Google sometimes will send you off. Um, And that is something that I have always loved about you. So first and foremost, just giving a little bit of your background, like who are you, what you do, why should people care, just the quick who, what, where, when, why. Okay, my name is Danielle Mitchell, and I am the owner of Average Black Girl. There, I am an international marketing strategist. So my goal is to create more black millionaires, and we do that with three things. One, website design, two, marketing strategies, and then three, securing partnerships. A lot of people, especially black people, we don't realize how lit we are and how much of an influence we have. You don't have to have 50,000 followers to actually start making money, finding clients, and either getting sponsorships through actual pay sponsorships, having affiliate links, having discount codes, like all of those are ways that we can start making money and that adds up. So when you hear like these mom bloggers making $5,000 a month, that's so, it's so actionable for you. Like that's something that's very attainable and they're doing it through the same way. So I, my previous experience is working with big box brands. So I worked with L'Oreal and there was my first internship and I worked in the professional products division. So things like Bazzani, Essie Nails, I've product launched them. And then I worked for Coca-Cola for four years, working with them in Orlando, Florida, Miami, Florida, and Atlanta, Georgia. And so- Oh, from- that's headquarters. Mm-hmm. Okay, girl. Yeah, girl. It was in Atlanta. <laughs> I was like, oh, geez, I big money. So then, and so then- then I started doing my business, Average Black Girl, while working in Atlanta. And so, one, I love Atlanta. Atlanta is, like, amazing place to start a business. People are so supportive. Like, when I would go in, I would get asked for help, and people would tell me what to go, where to go, all types of stuff. But I started my business while working, and that's just what I encourage other people. Like, you hear these stories of white men that risked it all and went to San Francisco and laid on couches and stuff, and you don't have to do that. That I does not have to be your that. life, right? You can let things grow organically and it's more fun it's less stress and it's more reasonable especially in our community like you may not have that reason to go and do that you may have you may not have your wife that's going to be able to cover all the bills and send you to san francisco because of our pay grade wage grab right or you may not be able to because you're a first generation and you have other responsibilities like there's just so many other things that we're dealing with when we go to college or or in school and i'm letting them know that you can do that Like, there's a whole movement that you need to, like, quit your job. You don't have to. 
Like, it's not even, sometimes I wouldn't even see that that's what you need to do. We're all trying to get seven streams of income. You know, that's like the net, the new thing. Why can't your job be one of the streams? Like, people are like, that doesn't count. And I'm like, baby, that could count. Let me tell you something. <laughs> it may not be a stream. That bitch might be a slight pond. It might even be one of them plug-in lamps that you get from Walgreens. But it is something. It's something. So, and one is better than zero. Yeah. You sometimes need your nine to five to go ahead and fund your 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 matters. Right. And after it starts making money for itself, then okay, cool. But it all takes time. Nothing is overnight. Even Cardi B is not overnight, right? That's an, and that you make an excellent point. Well, two points that you actually made. Um, number one, and I just had this conversation today. Um, but number one, I think it's a really big thing people have to understand when you are stepping out into the role of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um. If you don't have seed money stored away in a significant amount of seed money, because also you have to keep yourself living comfortably. Yes. If, if you really don't want to be out here living this top ramen life and trying yeah. to make it happen, then you already have to have seed money to maintain your lifestyle for at least like, what, three to six months. That's exactly. on average. So exactly. if you don't have that, I'm sorry, sis, but... Stop working is not the option. And a lot of times, like, people clown that or they think that that isn't necessarily the role to entrepreneurship when everyone's path is different. Number two, you said something that I really fucking loved, which is the fact that I think it ties back into consistency. I think Cardi B is an excellent example of it. Or anyone. Like, what... Name somebody that you love that is an, a social media influencer, whether it be Hyatt Rita or whether it be um, Gabby Fresh or Kid Fury or whatever. If you, if you even have time to do it, but if you scroll all the way to the beginning of their social media pages, because typically people start on Facebook or IG, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You scroll to the beginning of that shit and it's like years ago. Yeah. Right. Like the read didn't just blow up in a week. No. You know, they. this is the, now their fifth year anniversary. I had to sit back and be like, my God, I've been listening to them every Thursday for five years, you know? And that's something that people forget, even with Cardi B. She went, like she said, she was like, I was in school, then I became a stripper, then I started making these funny videos, then loving hip-hop, then my music. Right. That's not just a six-month process. It really isn't. So you have to truly sit down and think, is this something I'm willing to step out on a limb for? Right. And I know, like, me and you, because you, I love you for this. You always give me advice with my own branding and stuff. And the one thing that you've always honed into me, if you're not willing to spend money on yourself, that's really a telltale sign if you want to do this shit or not. It really is, because people are like, well, I'm just going to figure it out. I'm just going to do it yourself. And it's like, if you have a job, then you can pay someone, and then it'll be done faster. Right. Or you can try to do it yourself, but then that's time. So you just have to kind of figure out what it is that you're trying to do and what your goal is. Like a lot of these times, people will, you know, at this point, do a photo shoot, have like three or four different looks, and then pay somebody to upload their Facebook. But they're doing it. Either if I'm doing it or if somebody else is doing it, it don't matter as long as it's consistency, right? Right. So that's what people need to figure out. What is your niche? What is your goal? And what is your strategy? And that's ultimately, if you have a strategy, then you can build upon it. You know, okay, LinkedIn, I'm about to post on the 1st and 15th. Okay, I'm going live on Facebook three times a day. I mean, three times a week. Boom. But if you're just like, okay, I'm going to start today. I'm going to do everything. It's like, no, now you don't even know what your goals are, what your metrics. And that's the thing, like, even when 
knowing your metrics like and treat truly treating yourself as a brand you know so at the end of the day it's a matter of like understanding how metrics work how impressions work Mm -hmm. how cpcs or cost per clicks work yes how paid search all of that stuff is tied into one another and it's not it it is a formula and it takes time but not only is it kind of a standardized formula but it's also something that you then need to customize for yourself right so what advice would you give to someone who is just like, oh, well, I want a podcast or I want to, you know, step out into self-branding or being more in a public space? What advice would you give to them? Because I feel everyone wants the glory and the recognition. Right. People don't want to put in the work. Well, one, shout out to Weathers Media Group. <laughs> so if you're looking for someone, you can go ahead and find them for your podcast. They'll get you right together, honey. Okay. But With crystal quality. <laughs> crystal quality, okay. But what I would do is I would say, one, look at your numbers. Right now, I would say an Excel document. What I like to do is a Google Drive because then I can send it to other people and they'll know exactly where I'm at. There's no, like, miss. But I have it and I'll say, okay, this is how many friends or followers I have on on maybe Facebook. And then this is how many impressions I had this week. And this is how many per post. And that's my standard. Now, next week I need to do better. But I'm not going to do worse than what I did today because I'm going to continue and move better. So you need to know what that is. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And if you don't have metrics, then you need to connect your stuff to Google Analytics or figure out where you're going to do these metrics. But you want to figure out, okay, how many people? Or if you have a goal, like maybe you have a freebie and then you have zero people sign up this week. Well, you need to figure that out so you can get keep having a consistent maybe 2, 5, 17, whatever that is. You want to know what you where you're at so that you can get better. And so I think a lot of people don't know where they're at and then they can't get better. Or they're frustrated because they're saying, I'm going to focus this week on Facebook and next week on Instagram and next week on LinkedIn. And it's like, well, by the time you get back to Facebook, you're three weeks behind. And people forgot. People like consistency. So figuring out what your goal is, maybe picking a day and strategizing. This week I'm going to talk about Beychella. Next week I'm going to talk about Kanye. Then you can kind of strategize and say, this is what I'm going to do. And I think a lot of people want to talk about popular things, but they forget to tag it back into what they're talking about. So for me, if I'm going to talk about Beychella, I want to put it back into marketing, what she did well. Right. You know, what are some of the things that you can now take away and put into your own brand versus just talking about gossip? And that's what the, I think that's the biggest thing. Like I, case in point, we're dropping free gems right now also, because (laughs) let's keep it real. She ain't driving a cute car just because she wanted to walk outside and get a ball play. Like she, and shout out, I mean, no shade to the girls doing that too. Whatever. Cause Lord knows you're shaming us. Shut up. (laughs) Um, but the thing is, this is literally like free keys and even with the you know, my advertising background as well. Like this people charge yes. a lot of money for this. So I will just say you have to have your foundation, as you said. Like case in point, I literally did a SWOT analysis of myself before I went down to the state's office and turned Joy Has Questions into an LLC. Because I'm like, before I drop money into this shit, I need to know who the fuck I am. Hello. And how this is going to branch off and what are the different legs that I can add on to this. So when I started Joy Has Questions, yeah, it was funny. It was me doing things from a millennial woman of woman or a millennial woman of color, right? Mm-hmm. From my perspective. But then I had to think deeper in terms of who is Joy Has Questions in this vast internet or media space, right? right? And the fact of the matter is, now I have my key pillars. You have to have your key pillars. So what are they? 
So my key pillars is celebrating blackness, empowering people to tell their story, being witty and entertaining, as well as helping people to be cohesive and collaborate with one another. Yes. Those are the basis, the complete basis Joy has questions. Love it. And it's, it is so easy now for that anything that I do now to be a brand builder upon those pillars. Mm-hmm. Like, so if I'm talking about something, I might be funny, but I want people to critically think, right? Yes. To ask questions or I want people to listen to my podcast so that they feel empowered to either start their business or break up with that fuck boy or go ahead and, you know, get some therapy or whatever it is that they need to do. So everything should be a brand builder onto that. You need to figure out what your pillars are. I love it. Thank you. And so Miley Teal, I was listening to her podcast. Miley Teal, the creative curl box. Oh, her. Yes. Okay. So my taught you is like her podcast. And she was saying that it normally takes businesses four years to really turn into their thing. Mm-hmm. And she says, I get so sad when people quit before that fourth year. Because I'm like, this is when you really get in all the press and all the, the, the contracts are saying yes and all that type of stuff. And so I'm like, okay, let me listen to her. Because when I went natural, I actually signed up for Curlbox. So I was able to find what products were for me i loved it so coming from her you know multi-millionaire super successful all type you know girl can rock a red lip too she sure can that's me being paid can dress her ass off it's just like she's goals and for her to say it even took me some time Mm -hmm. and you know because i came in right when it was the glow up i don't know i didn't know her from a can of paint i just knew boom she's everywhere so i'm like okay this is actually like fact like People think that, okay, maybe you may have that one cash me outside, but for everybody else, it's taking time and that is okay and that's perfectly fine. And if you're actually a business, you wouldn't even want to glow up tomorrow anyway. You would get so many people and requesting your services. You would not be able to fulfill it. You would not have the customer service to do it. You do not have the manpower to meet your deadlines and you would have nothing but negative reviews. Exactly. And then it's like you have the the fluff of it but you have nothing to consistently keep it alive so it's like that's the worst brand building you can do um i cannot thank you enough for coming on the show today like you know i love you to pieces um and just all about this black black magic and supporting one another um so i super appreciate it i hope anyone who is listening to this was able to get some keys also feel free to give your um handles we're also going to have that obviously when we're promoting the show but tell people that they want to reach you for business purposes for media contacts whatever where do they go to find you yes so you can find me at averageblackgirl.com my email is danielle at averageblackgirl.com and then Facebook and Instagram is Average Black Girl, and then Twitter is AVG Black Girl. Oh, and yes, I will be launching a podcast, Average Black Girl, coming in May. Yes, <laughs> keeping it moving. All righty, so this is the end of the show, my wrap up, I guess, my motivational moment for the week. Um, have you ever done something and you felt like, I just made a dumbass backslide, backtrack. I knew I did some dumb shit, right? And so last week that happened, or yeah, this this past week did it. Did something I knew I shouldn't have done in the moment. It felt amazing. Um, but the retrospect, looking back on it, it's just like, girl, you know you are too smart for this. So I'm like, get your shit together. Number one, two things came from the situation, though, that I thought was amazing. Number one. It made me realize where I am in the state of forgiveness or even self-forgiveness because I think that's something that as people, we can be harder on ourselves 
then and it can actually serve to be a better prison than anything else somebody can do to us you know regret I really want everyone if you are sitting here thinking about maybe a dumb mistake that you made or whether it was with somebody or just whatever you felt you should have done that would get you to this certain level of success and you didn't and now your life is a swirling mess whatever I want you to really work on or focus on letting go of the regret because at the end of the day, number one, you can't change what happened. You can't go back. So you have to move forward. And then number two, if you continue to wallow, you can't think of number one ways to get out of it so that you can put the healthy steps forward so you never make that mistake again. And then also you prevent yourself from really giving yourself the grace to be happy. And I think that's a really big thing. I see a lot of people and at times even myself included that it's like you keep thinking about these dumbass situations or these dumb things that you did and you're allowing it to be a prison for you and life happens you have to just chalk that shit up remember how bomb you are and keep it going it doesn't mean that you didn't enjoy the life lesson that it was it didn't mean that you didn't um learn anything it just means like okay that lesson is over I need to stop learning that fucking lesson and let the shit roll you know and I think that's something that at first this week I was super hard on myself I was like you dizzy ass bitch like you know damn well you ain't had no business and then when I actually sat back and thought about it I was like you know what at the end of the day, it happened. The decision was made. And I'm not going to go like into the details of it. But it's just like, it really just made me feel almost in a weird sense proud of myself. Because I felt like, yeah, I kind of felt bad for it. But I didn't feel that bad. And I think it was just more so tied into the fact that for the first time, I was able to accept what it was and to move past it. Instead of being some masochist that was just like, how could I? I was raised this way. I know better. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so I really want us to work it, work and focus on not letting regret be those handcuffs on us or imprison us so that we can't move better to something even more amazing. Um, that's really it. I didn't have anything else that was too deep. That was just my own personal perspective, something that was on my mind and heart. I also want to end my show by saying to one of my amazing loves, Jasmine Kirk. Um, I actually today had the opportunity to speak, be a speaker at her event, Health Inspires Beauty, to tell my story just in terms of my journey and getting to a place of being happy with myself and the woman that I am ties right along into letting the regret go. Um, so the event was beautiful. Over 40 women came together, all races, all ethnicities, backgrounds, just really coming together to be collaborative and to empower and encourage one another. And it was a really great event. She held it at Centennial, um, 733 North LaSalle. When I say I'm super proud of her and just watching her blossom into the woman that she is, if you all don't know who she is, you definitely need to follow her. Her Instagram is jazzkirk, J-A-S-K-I-R-K. She is someone that, when I say, is the bee's knees and will really help inspire you in just terms of getting your mind right, getting your body right, getting your spirit right. So shout out to you, babe. I'm so proud of you and the event that you had. I'm so honored that you had me speak at the event as well as get me that bomb ass avocado toast because that shit was flame. Um, so that wraps up. Joy has questions this week. Um, I have a couple of deeds coming soon, some things that I'm cooking up, working on. I'm not in a space where I'm ready to share it, but when I tell you it's about to be fire, it's going to be amazing. Thank you so much for rocking with me. I cannot wait to talk to you all next week and to do it all over again with another amazing guest. Peace out. Bye.